really trust and, and believe in God, they're going to have to be out there marching the streets about it and maybe getting persecuted about it. And this is why I go back and say why Jesus is, is telling us so hard today how we need to be prepared. We need to be prepared. And, and I say this, that, that we can't prepare by just coming to church on Sunday for just an hour. That is not going to prepare us for what, what is yet to come. And, and this is not to scare any of us, but, but everything that's going to happen, God has already told us about it. So, so as Christians, we shouldn't be surprised. But what we need to do, we got to be prepared. We got to be prepared. And how we prepare, uh, to me, we prepare by studying and meditating on the word of God every day. We prepare by assembling ourselves in the house of God as often as we, as we can. We prepare by, by coming to Bible study and Sunday school. That, that is how we need to prepare ourselves every day. Every day. Any final comments from anybody? But God bless you. But let's pray. Dear God, we just come and say thank you, Lord. We just thank you for every opportunity you give us to, to study your word and to just to reason together, Lord, that, that is so much that you know that together that we can learn from one another. We can find comfort from one another. We can find strength from one another. Lord, we just pray that we continue to, to seek your guidance in everything that we do. And Lord, we pray for the service about to come up, Lord, that we pray that we enter your gates in thanksgiving and praise and give you all honor and glory in everything that we do. As always, Lord, we pray for our pastor and for for his wife and for his family, Lord, that you continue to, to guide them, to strengthen them, that, that he continue to preach and teach your word as you would have him to do. So, Lord, we just say thank you, Lord, for all that you do. We pray that every saint continue to grow in your name. And those who don't know you, Lord, that we pray that we they get to know you while it's still time. So we just say thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen.
bless the Lord, everybody. Bless the Lord. Test one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I'm going to tell you now, it don't look right on camera on this monitor. It don't look right on this monitor right here. When I get right here, I look fine. But when I get up there, I look like a coffee bean. You can't even see my face up there.
Scorpios?
have your attention, please. Worship will be starting in one minute. Please take this opportunity to prepare your hearts for worship and to be seated. And don't forget to put your cell phones on silent.
Amen, amen. How many know this morning that we serve a great God? How many really know that we serve a mighty God this morning? this day that we will take communion today and Jesus tells us as often as we do it that we do it in remembrance of him well I would tell you today that we should remember every day how great he is we should remember every day what he's done for us that I don't know about you but I, I know what he has done for me we need to remember every single day what Jesus has done and what he continues to do. He promised us, didn't he? He promised us that he would never, ever leave us nor forsake us. That he promised us that he will supply our every need. Do we believe that today? Do we really truly believe that he is a great God? That he truly is the God that that sees us. We need to remember that every day of our lives. Amen. Go with me this morning uh, to the book of Romans, uh, the third chapter of Romans, beginning at verse number 21. Again, that's Romans chapter 3 beginning at verse 21. When you have it, if you're able, please stand and say amen. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. It is here where Paul reminds us uh, what Christ did for us, that he took our punishment upon himself. And it reads, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are, who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life shed in his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. 
So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. After all, God, after all, is God the God of the Jews only? Isn't he also the God of the Gentiles? Of course he is. There is only one God. And he makes people right with himself only by faith, whether they are Jews or Gentiles. Well then, if we emphasize faith, does this mean that we can forget about the law? Of course not. In fact, only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law. That is the word of God for the people of God. And the people said, Amen. We'll now have opening prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day's journey. We realize that you've kept us in spite of ourselves. And you bid it out, go on, roll on just a little while longer. And we just come in and say thank you. Thank you for your many blessings that you stole upon us. We realize that you watched us each and every day of our lives. The walls around us like the walls around you. Over our heads is a mighty shelf. Need our feet as a sure foundation. And we just come in and glorify your name. And let the world know there's a reality of serving a live and a living God. One that has brought us down through the years. And he protected us. Because he knows exactly just what we need. And we just come in and give him glory. And let the world know. That we're serving a live and living God. One to take care of us each and every day of our lives. And you we just said thank you this morning. Thank you for touching with the spring of love this morning. And when we woke, we still was in our right mind. We still had the reason or portion of help and strength. And we just come in and let the world know that there's a reality in serving a live and living God. All right, all right. Born to strengthen us each and every day of our lives. And bid it our moments to roll on, roll on, just a little while long. We thank you for limestone as a whole. Oh, God, we realize that time is winding up down. If there's one that don't know you in the part of their sin, Aid him to realize that he got to get in a hurry because the day is passing on. Don't nobody know that number but the good Lord. And we thank him for blessing us down through the years. Oh, God, we thank you for a reason for help and strength. Oh, God, we thank you that we're able to travel up and down the dangerous highway. Realize that you are coming to keep them. You're a heavy load sharer. You're the great I am. You whatever we need, all we have to do is ask you. Because you have all power. Oh God, we thank you. Thank you for your blessing. Oh 
God, thank you for putting food on our table. Right, right. Oh God, we realize that it was you that give us the blessing. And we just thank you for it. Keep us in your will and in your way. Oh God, keep us in your pathway. Each and every day of our lives. Realize that if we stay on that highway, you will lead us on to the end of our journey. And we just say thank you. Oh God, thank you for the service. Thank you for the message that we're about to receive. Able us to take it in and carry it with us each and every day of our lives. There are men and women everywhere to flee from the wrath to come. The time has been won't be no more. Time is winding up down here. Oh God, we just thank you. Thank you for a keeper of our lives each and every day. Oh, God, on our jobs and over our jobs. We thank you for protecting us, watching over us. Oh, God, we realize that you're a good God. Oh, you're a healer. All that we have to do is look to the hills, which all I have come from. And we just said thank you. Thank you for another day joining. Thank you for carrying us on up the highway. Bringing us through the valleys. Oh God, realize that you know just exactly what we need. Because you have all power. Ask these and all other blessings. And our darling Jesus Christ's name and for his sake we pray. Each and every day of our lives. Thank you for one more day that you give us. We just want to praise your name and give you glory for your word of all our praise. Realize that you are each and every day. Oh, realize that you got our feet each and every day. And we just realize that you have all power. Whatever we need, all we have to do is ask you because you have the power created us. And we just said thank you. Realize that we know that you were with all those prophets back in those days. You were with Moses, you were with Paul, you were with Peter, you were with all of them. Oh God, but you blessed them. You're able to bring them on up the house. And if we keep our hands in your hand, oh God, you will be a company keeper. In our lonely hour. And we just thank you. Thank you for your service today. That's indeed all the blessings. In our darling Jesus Christ's name. And for his sake, we pray, pray each and every day of our lives. Amen.
chapter 10 Luke chapter 10 Hallelujah I'll be starting at verse number 35 Luke chapter 10 starting at verse 35 We ask all of those that are able to stand give us and give reverence to God's holy divine word you do so on behalf of him for he alone is worthy If you got to say amen Need some more time to say, hold on. It's all about him today. Luke 10, verse 35. It says, the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Hallelujah. I read for you here this morning, Luke chapter 10, verses 35 through 37. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his word. That was the word of God for the people of God. And the people said, Father God, I come as humbly as I know how before your throne of grace and mercy. Because that's what they you told us to go and now do that. Show mercy. So thank you, Father God, for your word to teach us, to lead us, and guide us on what we should be doing, Father God. So today, Father God, we come in here, Lord Jesus, to give back to you that which belongs unto you. It's not ours. You let us hold on to it for just a little while. And Lord, I'm not talking about just anything monetarily that may be in the envelopes, Father God, or been done online. 
those things that you have put within us, Father God, to glorify and edify you, Father God. We're giving them to you today, Lord Jesus. You take them in, Lord, Father God. You use them how you see fit, Father God. They're not ours. They're yours, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the opportunity and the ability to give back to you that which belongs unto you, Father God. We love you, Lord Jesus. But first, Father God, anything that we have done, said, thought, and or desired that has brought reproach against your will and against your way, cast it as far as the east is from the west, Father God. We don't want anything to hinder our praise or block our blessings, Father God. We thank you, Father God. We love you, Lord Jesus. We'll put no other God before you. It is in the mighty name of Jesus I do pray and ask it all. Amen. Amen. You will see on the screen the ways that you can continue to pour into this household of faith. You can do so by giving by cash out, PayPal. You can bring it here to the church. For those that weren't able to put in before service, you can do so at any time. Amen. We thank God for your giving.
us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you have done, all that you are doing and will do. We ask, Lord God, that now you will send us a word from heaven that we may grow closer to you. Now I am your servant, Lord, and I confess I can do nothing without you. But with you, I pray to do all things. So hide me behind your cross. Lay me at your feet. Consume me by your spirit so that there be no waning but only you. But have your way, Lord. That your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would come and go with me to the 10th chapter of Romans, beginning at verse 8, I would like to begin our reading this day. <clears throat> reading from the King James Version Romans 10 and 8 if you're there say amen it reads but what saith it the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confessions made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, the hearers, and the doers of his holy word. You may be seated. Today my discussion carries a topic which is in the form of a question. But it also refers the question to a subtopic. And here it is, it says simply this, how do I become saved? 
the more important subject that applies to you and to I. What do the saved do? What do the saved do? If you study this text, you would realize that it's connected to chapter 9, chapter 10, and 11. Paul is testifying of his love for the great church of Israel, the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, and how he is praying unto the Lord and continually petitioning the Lord that he will save them. He wants them to know that salvation is free to every man. That he is not, God is not saving the people who were descendants of Abraham just alone or in its entirety. As a matter of fact, I need to pause right here and explain to you that in reality, just because you were a descendant of Abraham, heritage will not get you in to the kingdom of God. Every Israelite is not a believer, so they are not saved. Well, Pastor, how could you say that? I give you an example because the truth of the matter is Abraham had a son named Ishmael as well as Isaac. The Bible tells us that God refused Ishmael because the promise was not given to him. Now you might say when it seems that God is biased in his accepting who comes in the kingdom. I suggest to you that he is not biased. The reality of the subject is that he knows in advance who will say yes and those that will say no. The way and the shape, the form and the fashion that the world is behaving and acting and responding today is not a surprise to God. It is only surprising us. God knows those that will lie. God knows those that will commit sin. And so he tells us that we should all call upon the name of the Lord. Because he desires none to perish. So then what in actuality is this text really communicating to us? And if you will follow along with me in your word today, I, I, I pray to try to exegete to explain to you some of that which God has placed upon my heart. I must tell you that it is, if you are going to be saved. And the secondary question of that is, well then what do you do to reflect that you have been saved? Because if you've been saved, you ought to act like it. You ought to walk like it. 
You ought to talk like it. it. God does not just say for you to continue to be the same old person that you have been. There has to be a changing and a renewing of your mind. Old things have passed away and all things have been made new. In other words, God is looking for people that come in compliance with his word. Another way of saying that is obedience is greater than sacrifice. But most importantly, what you should do as a Christian, which reflects the light of Jesus Christ, is that you should love. Your love for God should create your activity. If you love the Lord, then you will do what you would have not done in the past. You even love your enemies because you have a great love, a great fondness and affection for God. Don't say that you love God and hate your brother. For you are lie and the truth is not in you. What? How do I become saved? I have to say this because I want somebody to awaken this morning if you're walking in blindness because everybody that wears the title is not saved. You have contenders and pretenders. So what do I do if I'm saved? That's really what God was saying to the children of Israel. Just because you belong to the line of Abraham, another way of saying that is that your mother can't get you in. Your father can't make it. You've got to do it on your own. It does not matter how your family acted, but it's how you responded to the word of God. But what do people do who are saved? There's a standard that exists. So Paul says that for us to be Christians, to, for us to be the people of God, the children of God, then we have to live by that standard, or at least seek to desire to live by that standard. I sometimes may fall, I, I sometimes will trip over some things, but ultimately I'm moving on, marching to the words that God has set in my heart. You know, I did not come to Christ by accident. He saw me when I was a far way off. And he said, that is 
my child. For God knows one thing. He knows the heart of man. I'm so glad that he looked beyond my attitude. I'm glad that when I was messed up, tore up from the floor, that God looked beyond my troubles, my trials, and my tribulations. And he said, that is my child. Some of you might understand that the way you acted, the way you let curses and blessings come out of your mouth at the same time, that wasn't who God made you to be. Isn't it good news that I may not always keep a straight line, but God keeps me straight. So then, the nation of Israel, God had to point out that you have forsaken me time and time again. In other words, they failed to acknowledge the presence of God wherever they were. Now to help you to appreciate where I'm trying to go this morning, it's necessary for me to dwell in some scripture. So I ask you to bear with me as I flip through the word, the pages of God. Matthew chapter 28 says something that is essential for every Christian to know. You see, it is not by accident that we are studying the book of John, and on last Wednesday, God took us to talk about witnessing. Every one of us should be a witness for Christ. It's not your option. It is your responsibility if you are a child of God. It doesn't feel comfortable sometimes. You know, it doesn't feel good even for me because I know I stand in this pulpit a lot and speak, but I see your faces. And they are not always the most welcoming of faces. Sometimes I want to crawl under this pole. Speak out of sight from y'all. But that is not what God has given me an option to do. Because if I am ashamed of him, he is also ashamed of me. But in chapter 28, if you allow me to start in the 18th verse. I start in 16. You got time. There's no Tiger game today. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is 
given unto me in heaven and in earth. Jesus speaks this to the disciples. And then he goes on, he says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them. In other words, your work is not over once you come out of the pool. It's a process that will last for eternity life here on earth. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So I say to anyone that has ever feel has ever felt frightened, nervous, uncomfortable about telling someone about Christ, remember that God is with you. He did tell you he tells you don't worry about what you're going to say because I'll speak for you. Come and go with me to Matthew 4. At the 18th verse, it says this. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen, or fishers. And he said unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left at their nets and followed him. Pastor, what has that got to do with your message? Because it aligns with what I present to you that God is expecting Christians children of his to do. Let me make a point here. Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men. It is normal for us when we are going fishing to say we are going fishing. Some, somebody's feeling me. I, I, you, you know where I'm going. I want you to raise your hand if you've ever done any fishing where the fish are not. You didn't catch no fish, but fish was in that river. My point is simply this. You don't fish where there is no fish. So when you go fishing, you go to the river, the lake, the sea. You go where there's water. I go to my aquarium. <laughs> what is your point, Pastor? The Bible says that I will make you fisher of men. Jesus is going to help each of us to help somebody else 
along the way. And you can't fish where there are no fish or where there's no water. Jesus said, I am the water that will cause you to thirst no more. Y'all ain't getting this. So if we are going to be saved, one of the things that Christians do is to be a witness for Christ. I know I've heard you say, Lord, I'll go where you tell me to go. I'll say what you tell me to say. But when somebody tells you to go and tells you to say, you say, oh, that ain't me. That that's that that what that, that no that that just ain't me. God didn't God didn't fix me to be able to speak like that or to talk like that. Well, th th he didn't want you to be the one getting the credit. That's why he fixed didn't fix you that way because we want people to know that God is speaking through you. Okay. How do I become saved? And what do Christians, what do the saved do? In Acts chapter 16, run with me. I may, I may run all over this Bible today, I don't know. Acts chapter 16. Now y'all feel free to follow along with me in the Bible. If I won't get upset, upset because I hear pages turn. Verse 29. And then he called for a light. <laughs> then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? There are people that are looking for an answer to the question. God has allowed you to remain here on earth to be an answer to the question. People need to witness your testimony because how is anybody going to know that you ever been brought through if you're not willing to share it with somebody else that may be going through the same thing that you are going through. The jailer wanted to know what must I do to be saved? The world is wandering around concerned some of them don't even know to ask the question. And if you don't shine the light, then it'll always be dark in their house. Can I get a witness? This, this is, this is y'all don't mind if I try to teach a little bit and preach at the same time, will you, do you? Is that Okay. Let me take you one step farther. If I'm looking at how God has changed my life, 
then there is a place in the Bible, I believe it's Hebrews 10 and 25. Come and go with me. Hebrews 10 and 25. Let me try to find it. I'll start at the 23rd verse. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. In other words, that our change that has occurred in us is continual. Therefore, I seek Christ, crucified this flesh all the time that I may follow Christ, not self. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. I do what I do because I love you, not because I want to get back at you not because I'm going to stab you in the back. I want you to prosper and let things go farewell in your life. Forsaking the assembly, not forsaking. Get this, this is 1025, right? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, together, As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no sacrifice. Let me, let me begin there. When you know better, when the word goes forth in your, word, in your ears, Faith coming by hearing, and the hearing by the word of God. So you come to church to fortify, get built up, to go back out to spread the gospel. Because I hate to tell you this, because some, somebody needs to know this, but they didn't have Ephesus back in the day. They went to Lydia's house. They went, where was Jesus' sermon? Sermon on the. He wasn't in the building that could keep rain off of him. So then, Pastor, what is your what is your point? What are you trying to say? The word of God applies to those who say they have been born again. It's a difference between how we should try to apply the word of God to those who don't know the word of God and those who say they are the word of God so therefore I believe that not forsaking the assembly of God is not falling in love with a building y'all didn't get that and somebody I know somebody's going to try to use this against me that's why I don't go to that church that is not why you don't go to church because you are the church. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So how, listen, do you think God is satisfied with you coming in here one or two hours a, a week? Or is he supposed to be with you always? So when God says, forsake not assembling yourself in his house, he's talking about his presence. The reason why you come to church is not for what you're going to get, but it's what you got to deliver. He says, enter my gates with and my courts with so you ought to have some thanksgiving and some praise. You don't need to come in here about, oh, Lord. Have, some of us come through the door telling everybody about every trouble that has ever occurred in our life. But God don't want to hear that. He already knows it. He wants you to come in with a, say, no matter what I'm going through, yet they, they slay me, I will trust in the Lord. He wants you to come in with a joyful noise and he wants you to praise him in spite of what you're going through. Yes, the doctor might have told you I had cancer, but cancer don't have me. So I came in here praising God, getting fortified for the week that I know I got before me. Because I know the week before me, there's going to be some ups. There's going to be some downs. I know when I go on my job, some people going to pee me off. I know I'm going to need the power of the Holy Spirit to keep me so that I won't cuss them out. I'm talking away about how, see, some people think that well, I get saved, I have been baptized, but you got to do more than be baptized. You got to walk your walk and talk your talk. So since you are the church, you don't have church, if, at least I hope you don't, that you don't just have church for two hours on Sunday and then you quit your obligation and you show up somewhere else. I ain't in the church. The church goes out the door with you. The church ought to come in the door with you. That's why now this bill, so in essence, God is what he's telling us is that where there are two or three. Notice God says where there's two or three. If you got somebody else, you ought to be trying to get in the affiliation with another believer because there's power in numbers. Don't count your numbers, though. Preach the one like it's a hundred. Don't look at how many show up. Because them numbers can fool you. It might, the church house might be full, but you might be looking for somebody to believe. Y'all didn't get that. Churches said, the Bible says, there will be a great falling away. Now, I don't know about you, but I trusted the word of God. They ought to be at the house 
those who say that they love the Lord ought to be in connection with me praising God. Y'all want me to sit down? Y'all don't mind, do you? I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to get you off your high horse from you thinking you all that in a bag of chips. You talk about how committed you are, but you won't go out and tell nobody about the Jesus that you supposedly serve. Yes. Ah, ah, Lord have mercy. Here, 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 here's a question. And, and I want you, before you answer to listen to the question. This week, whom have you witnessed to? Now, I should have got an answer out of that one that made me sit down. Because here's what you, you, you ought to be saying. Because Jesus is the light that shineth in me. Even when I don't know I'm witnessing, I'm witnessing. If you are the church, then everywhere you go, everything that you do, other men ultimately will either testify for or against Christ. And when you know that you messed up, you ought to fess up. Has anybody messed up in here this week? Have you been honest with God about your mess? I know, I, Lord, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm, a, I'm on Alcoholic Anonymous and uh, I'm supposed to be quit drinking, but I, 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 can't, I can't lie to you, Lord God. I, I confess, I, I went backwards. I, I took a drink. God will strengthen. He will fortify. He will cause you to be able to overcome. That's why he calls you an overcomer. If I didn't have to be an overcomer, then that would ultimately mean there's nothing for me to overcome, that I have reached perfection, and I have not reached perfection. I will be only that when I see him as he is. Y'all getting this? Okay. John 14, 15, let me read this. Let me read this. John 14 and 15. Anybody got it? Okay, I'm going to it, trying to anyway. John 14 and 15 and I'm I'm getting there here's what he says if you love me keep my commandments if you love me keep my commandments a sign of what a Christian should do a child of God is that you show that you love God because you seek him where he may be found. 
You may not have a perfect life or live a perfect life, but you take the time to make God be a part of your life, to be all of your life. It's not enough for you to just come here on Sunday. I suggest to you that if you really do what else you should do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then you can't wait till Sunday. Because you got some reason to be in the house of the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about the building because I don't want you to fall in love with the building. And, and so somebody's going to say, well, pastor told me yeah, I don't need to come to church. No, that ain't what pastor said. So you are bringing the church. That's really what pastor said. You are the church. You ought to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And how are you going to worship God if you won't acknowledge you are the church? And if you're going to act like everybody else act, then how can you be a light in the season of darkness? What did the jailers do? The first thing he did was he got a light so that he could see. I once was blind, but now I see. <laughs> Coming Matthew 7, 15. 7.15 Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are raving wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs or thistles? Even so, every tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth, bringeth not forth good fruit, is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherever, wherefore, by their fruits, ye shall know them. Listen, if you ever see me, and I'm going in the wrong direction, will you stop on by and say, Wayne, that is not who God made you to be. Now, this is the right road. So point me in the right direction. You pray for me, and I'll pray for you. Instead of us condemning people, which you don't have the right to do, maybe when you see your brother need a helping hand, you might pick him up when they're down. Maybe when you run across them in the wrong place at the wrong time you try to show them the right place that they should be Jesus did that Jesus realized that that he was going to be the one that had to pay the price for us what price are you willing to pay so that others may come along to the salvation that has been promised to you See, 
I believe that Romans 10 and 9 is a promise. It's a promise to everyone, everyone that believe that God is God. And guess what? It's the promise that will never fail. Because if you believe in your heart, notice your heart. It's not about your lip service. Because a whole lot of people talk about, I love the Lord. I know who he is. He heard my cry and pitied my groan. But I got to tell you, everybody that said Jesus don't know him. Everybody said that he's a lily of the valley. I don't know him. Everybody said that he hung on the old rugged cross. Don't know him. Do you know him? His name is Jesus, y'all. Mary's baby. The lily of the valley. The bright and the morning star. The wheel in the middle of the wheel. The alpha and the omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last, shut up from everlasting to everlasting. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Jesus. He's Jesus in the morning. He's Jesus in the noonday. He's Jesus in the evening. He's Jesus in my midnight hour. Ain't God all right? Somebody ought to know him that he hung on that old rugged cross. Yes, he did. And he said, it's finished. Ain't that good news for me and for you? Because he prayed the price so that we could live, live forever in eternity with God. Yeah, they took him down on that rugged cross, put him in a barber tomb. The Bible said that he stayed there all day Friday, stayed there all day Saturday, but early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in heaven and earth was in his hand and I will do even greater things than what I saw him ain't God alright do you know him you ought to tell somebody I know a man from Galilee he's healing the sick raising the dead making the lame to walk the blind to see the deaf to hear ain't God alright with me one frame, one day, one day, uh, he looked down upon me. He, you see, that is my child. Oh, why do you know he's your child? Because he walks like me. Because he talks like me. Because he looks like mine. And they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Is there any saved in this place? Do you know that you know that you know I am the redeemer of the Lord? The Bible said that the redeemer of the Lord ought to say so. Can you say so in this house? Have you been redeemed? Have you been bought? Have you been paid for? Have you been purchased? Have you come through? Have you made it over? 
Yeah, are you just like Job? Though they slay you, yet still you trust in the Lord. Yeah, nobody ought to have to ask me if I've been saved. Because that my name has been signed on the roll, y'all. Ain't God all right? Ain't he all right? I feel, I feel like telling you that one of these days uh, when you don't see Wayne no more and stacked up hymn books and Bible study war one no more I done took the wings of a dove and fly over yonder I'm gonna fly away fly away fly higher than the highest high ain't God alright I'm gonna step in after I pulled off and then put on my long white robe ain't God alright you need to come and go with me I can step like I never stepped before I can walk like I never walked before I can talk that Jesus is mine ain't God alright yeah somebody ought to make a joyful noise somebody ought to say Lord here I am just as I am I'm weary I'm wounded I'm torn down I'm broken up but God is alright yes yes yes
Christ as Lord and Savior. Now is your time. good news is that Jesus said that I'm married to the backslider. So it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far you think you've fallen. God can reach you. But you just have to make the choice today that, yes, confess it with your mouth and believe it in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. In the word of God that was preached, they said, Thou shalt be saved. That's the good news, saints. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what people may say or think about you. The only thing that matters is what God says and thinks about you. Why don't you come today? While it's still time, why don't you come? Does he know your name? Does he know your name today? said he would add to the church daily, such as shall be saved. Amen. Ushers, will you prepare the house? Why are they in the process of that? I want to be very clear 
the understanding that I believe God has given unto me that I could not stay the same Wayne and be called a child of God. If you're not willing to give up anything or make a sacrifice for Christ, then we are not worthy of the kingdom of God. I don't care who you are. You can't keep on doing that which God speaks against and not seeking and desiring to overcome that illness in your life. So give God the glory by following him. And he says, to follow him, you must deny yourself. I must deny wanting to take that alcohol. I must deny wanting to have that fornication. I, want to deny, I must deny wanting to be able to live along with somebody. I must not have. I do what God would have me to do. I seek that in the name of Jesus. Amen. There she is the house prepared. to glorify you, to exalt you, to lift you up. We thank you for the goodness that you have displayed in our life through your grace and your mercy. We don't know what we would have done if Jesus had not gone all the way just for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And he bore the chastisement of our peace upon him. But by his stripes, we are healed. So we stand before you today in remembrance of all that he has done and is doing. And we want to give you glory, honor, and praise. Now consecrate this bread and this wine to represent the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. 
And as often as we partake of it, Lord God, let us do it in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On that night, Jesus took bread. He broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take. For this is my body, which is broken for you. Eat, eat ye all of it. same like manner he took the cup of wine he blessed it and told the disciples that this is my blood which was shed for you as often as you do it do it in remembrance of me let us remember that Jesus died on the cross just for us drink drink ye all of it Listen, I know that you take a risk, but I got, I have by good authority that God has got your back. Find somebody in your pew, you look them in the eye and you tell them the only way you know how, and as I pray with the truth, you say, God loves you and so do I. <laughs> now look to the other side and tell them, I ain't hating on you, but I love you too. Now you gon' you gon' tell them I ain't hating on you, but I love you too. The Bible says that Jesus took the girdle from around his waist, the tile, that he laid it aside. He said that he and the disciples went into the Mount of Olives and they sung a hymn. So I don't know if we can do this, but we'll try. Hey, 
the Lord has spoken. Let the church say amen. thank you for everything that you've done. As we leave this place, we ask that you shine upon us, Lord God, that you let your love, your grace, and sweet communion of your Holy Spirit rest and rule, abide, abide within us now and forever. And the saints of God said in one voice, 